Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. So today on the Focus on Why podcast, I have the pleasure of Louise Reynolds, who is joining me today from Property Venture. Welcome, Louise. Thanks very much, Amy. Delighted to be here. So Louise is the founder and director of this wonderful boutique property consultancy. Tell me what it is, what it's all about. Well, Property Venture, I set up, uh, gosh, about 13, 14 years ago because I wanted to help investors buy property. And originally when I set it up, I helped Brits buy abroad. So in continental European countries like Spain, France, odd enough Poland, people don't often think about Poland, but I invested there myself. And so I you know, thought it was a good um, investment opportunity. So yes, yeah, so I help people find the right investments or holiday homes to meet their needs. And latterly, over the last few years, I've been helping expats um, abroad, which you know, they could be anywhere in the world, Indonesia, United Arab Emirates, even in, in, in Europe, Singapore, and, and, and those pockets of expats invest in the UK. So they tend to be more investing to build up a retirement pot and love having uh, property as part of that as part of that plan. So yeah, my my start point is finding out what it is that they want, understanding their needs. And I've got a wide network of suppliers across um, the UK and can usually provide a lot of um, properties, you know, with particularly healthy yields, particularly in the Midlands and up north, or if they're looking for a bit more capital growth and a slightly bigger budget, you know, in the southeast, because I'm based in Surrey. Um, I can identify pockets of affordability, which can be quite surprising for some, which offer, uh, again, decent yields, but but much more scope for capital growth as well. So, And then when I'm helping people in continental Europe, I've got a very wide network that I built up over, gosh, a good number of years now, um, where I work with local, work with local in-market agents. Um, so if someone's got a particular um, area in mind, like Costa Blanca or Costa Sol, I can help identify and also just help guide on on what's realistic for the budget they've got. I did talk to someone recently who wanted a holiday home who had one particular budget and there was a bit of a mismatch between their ambition of where they wanted to be in Spain and their budget. So I can give guidance on that as well about where the more affordable areas are in a country um, like Spain and and France too. Wow, there's a lot of passion coming out of that job (laughs) or that business. It's not... Yeah, I, I, I suppose I mean, I've, I've always been very international in what I've done from a very early age. I've always done lots of traveling and I've been to all of these kind of traveled pretty extensively. And yeah, so it's lovely to be able to help other people by countries that I've been to where I've been and checked out properties and, 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 and been to a, a lot of the areas where people are interested in buying. So, yeah, I, I, I just love travel, love property, love helping people and building relationships and helping them get what they want too. So has it always have you always had a passion for the work that you've been doing in this way? Well, when I set out, yeah, I, I I have, but I've not always done this. I've done other things before that. But 
I when I set up Property Venture, I wanted to do things a little bit differently from my observations of the property market when I first uh, came into it. I saw a lot of pushy um, salespeople sort of doing product push. Uh, no matter what someone wanted, they had this one product that was ideally suited for them. And I, I don't know about you, but I really dislike being on the receiving end of that. So I kind of wanted to offer a service that people like me would want, where I'm not having something um, uh, forced upon me. I like to find out what someone or a potential investor wants before thinking what's the best way of finding um, a solution for that. And sometimes I have that readily to hand through the network that I have. Sometimes it takes a bit more digging around and finding uh, the right property for them. So, uh, yeah, I have a passion in in building relationships with people and working with them to uh, get the right property for them. So I, that's my, my, my passion around it and doing it a bit differently, doing it differently from what I see as a number of other operators or did do when I first came into the business. So what were you doing before you set up this company 14 years ago? I started out my career well, I've, I've got a degree in marketing in French, so um, that, I suppose, helps helps my European uh, credentials. But I started out from university as a graduate trainee for a drinks firm, which no no longer exists. It got broken up, um, a company called Seagram, um, which at the time had drinks brands like Captain Morgan Rum, Shivers Regal Whiskey, Moon Cordon Rouge Champagne, Martel Cognac, Sandman Port, loads of different brands. Um, and so I started out in my marketing and sales career there, learning the ropes as, of how to be a brand and marketing manager. And from there, moved into financial services, spent um, some time at one of the leading um, building societies at Nationwide Building Society. So got a little bit of um, an understanding of financial services and how the markets work and went back into drinks from there, worked for a company called uh, Remy Quantro Group where I had the, it sounds very glamorous, actually, I was marketing manager on the champagne brands, Krug Champagne and Charles Heidsick uh, Champagne. So that was actually a very fun time um, before I moved into management consultancy. And the reason why I moved into management consultancy was when I worked at Nationwide Building Society, I was seconded to work on a management consultancy project as one of the um, members of staff and really enjoyed the project um the project work it was all about looking at new product service uh, new product launches new service launches um and mapping out the whole process of how it was done internally at nationwide building society and how it could be um done better and so i really like that collaborative nature of working to achieve a better outcome for um for the organization and that's what gave me a flavour for going into management consultancy afterwards. And I, I started out with a specialist marketing uh, consultancy called Marketing Improvements. It, again, it got taken over. Um, but I had over you know, a decade worth of um, time with them working on sales and marketing um, assignments, advising big blue chip companies on how to improve their sales and marketing, specific assignments, running workshops, helping organisations change. So, yes, I've had a varied career and, and each of those stages of my career have given me something um, something different. But I suppose I got to the stage of, like a lot of us ladies, having a, um, a family and um, wanting something that fit a bit uh, 
better around that because anyone that's been in management consultancy will know that the hours can be pretty lengthy um, and there's a lot of pressure uh, you know quite often the you know you've got a, a, an hourly rate or a day rate and um, you have to put in the time for that and sometimes you end up working really really long hours and everything is very time dependent and, and even if you know, uh, a consultancy assignment is being priced up in one particular way. If things are going wrong, you've got to work twice as hard to pull it all back. So it just meant up. It meant I was working very, very long hours. And um, living in Surrey, commuting in, and with a young family, it um, it it create un- created untold pressures um, for, for for me. Um, and knew I had to, to to make some changes. I think I mentioned to you earlier on. I I just got to the stage where I found myself one day in our utility room, just, I suppose, having a, a, a complete meltdown, just found myself on the floor, just sobbing and just didn't quite know why. And it was only afterwards I thought, you know, I've got to make some changes. This isn't the way for me to be leading my life. Um, and so over a, things unfolded over a, a, a number of years after that. Um, but it, that's what sowed the seed in my mind about doing something different and making changes. Um, so that was a big, uh, I suppose, uh, crossroads in my life where I just knew I had to change. And I think that's the same for so many people, as particularly women, where they, there's, the body actually says enough. You know, it says, it says enough, stop, look at what's happening. And is this right for you? And you you have to notice it. You can't uh, you can't ignore that. And so you did. Yeah, I suppose I was also a bit caught up in that. You know, you can have it all. You know, you can you can do the career thing. You can have a family. And may, maybe if I was living in London, literally on the doorstep of the uh, the business, it might have worked better. But um, I, I I just found <clears throat> that it didn't. And both my husband and I worked, and we each shared the childcare. We didn't have like a nanny or anything like that. We were doing it all ourselves. And, and yeah, maybe if I'd have had um, home help, that might have been a bit different. But we 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 shared things. So one of us would go into work early and come home um, come home at a decent time to pick up the children, and vice versa. So we each did one end of the day where there was flexibility for our work, but that wasn't really even enough in management consultancy because there'd be eight o'clock meetings and there'd be six or seven o'clock meetings and you'd have to be there at both ends of the day, which I found um, very difficult uh, to deal with. Uh, so yeah, that was just a crunch point really for me. So that was where the, the concept for property venture was born. Well, the, the, the seedlings were, I, I kind of knew I wanted to get into property. I didn't have property venture in my head at that stage. I knew I wanted to get into property, and like most people have read that book that everybody does, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, and um, I made my husband read it, and I said, you know, I, just, I, I don't know what, but I just know that I want to do something in property, and so over time, I started to crystallize a bit more about what that might be, and I'd also made myself a promise that, um, oh gosh, yeah, it was around about that time, my daughter who was um, one, uh, was seriously ill. She had a life-threatening illness. And I made myself a promise at the time that I was going to be there for the children. And I suppose that's one thing I feel really, really proud of. I've honoured that promise. And Property Venture was a a way of doing that. It was about shaping a business in property that I'd already decided, you know, I wanted to do something in. 
that I could have a business that would fit around my family because it was my business and I could set it up and run it how I wanted. So in the early days, it was, you know, very small steps because it was about creating the company, you know, the website, the social media, the SEO, all of that. And because I was doing it part-time, it took me a lot longer to do than anybody else would probably do it. And because I was on my own as well, because I was originally going to be setting up Property Venture with another um, lady, because what I did was some experimenting to, before I got to Property Venture, I worked with a couple of uh, different property businesses with ladies um, who I knew. One was uh, a, a lady who worked in Florida and started doing some business development with her and then worked with a lady who had a, a Spanish property um, estate agency. And so I started to learn the ropes there. And so I originally thought, well, I could set up more of an investment-related um, company, property venture, with, um, with uh, someone else. And then they backed out at the last minute. And that was a bit, bit of a shock for me because I have sales and marketing skills and you know, some, some business now. Uh, but I didn't have anywhere near enough property experience. And for me, that w- would have been a winning combination. Um, but then she backed out at the last minute, literally, um, just as we were meant to be going to the accountants to form form the limited company. And my accountant said, well, so, okay, if you're here on your own, I think he thought, well, this is a waste of time. Let's, let, let's call the meeting in 20. And I said, well, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to do it. And so he was a bit surprised and I think I surprised myself as well. But um, yeah, so that's where I sort of coined the phrase of when I got into property business, I went up a learning cliff, not a learning curve, because it just wasn't as I expected it would be. Um, so, yeah, I had just had a lot to grapple with, with setting it up to begin with. And and so I, mean, I set it up 13 years ago and it seems an awful long while. So I've been in the business a long while, but those early years, you know, it, 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 there was quite some, a number of things that I had to get to grip, grips with um, before, you know, I could move forwards. But you did it. I did it, yes. I mean, it, it's still still a, a journey because there's still a lot more I want to do uh, to get it where I, I have always envisaged it being. But yes, I, I did it. So your, your utility room is probably your favourite room right now. <laughs> <laughs> not 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 really in terms, in not, terms well, of, of it helped you well it, it it certainly brought things to a head yes I I think I was being pushed too far from all quarters um yeah it, so it, 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 it was a bit of an epiphany of sorts and and that promise that I made myself really about my family um mm. you know when you're facing those situations <clears throat> and certainly not what you expect with a with a one-year-old as well but I'm and again I've honored that promise I've done absolutely everything there so um now's the time for pushing forwards with the business having been there for, for, for my family and and honoring that promise to be there with them through their early schooling years and and, and making sure that um you know they, they had a solid foundation and, and and rocks to build on and I see how that means so much to you because, you know, you, you got quite emotional about that when you were seeing it and it almost caught you by surprise again that this is why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, that, that it, it is one of the the, the, the drivers because it was originally sort of set up to fit, fit around them. But, you know, it was also I, I've always felt that I've had a business, a successful business in me. There's sort of like a gut thing as well. So it's about my family, but also 
my gut. And some people think that I, you know, it's a bit weird, but I have mentioned this to one or two people. And they say, well, yeah, you know, I, I know what you mean. So this uncomfortable feeling in my stomach, which, which sort of drives me on as well. Um, so I want to make the business success to fund the lifestyle, fund a lifestyle for, for, for my family and make them proud. Um, but also I've got something to prove to myself which is, I suppose, this, this sort of um, feeling in my stomach, which I've had from a very, you know, since childhood about, I suppose it's about ambition, it's about fulfilling ambition, it's about um, a drive forwards to be the best person and achieve that, what you're capable of, of, of achieving and doing everything to make that happen. If that articulates it, well, I don't know. <laughs> but why do you think it's important for you to, to prove that and to, to achieve that? What What is it that's... I there's there was a, a quote that's so meaningful for me, um, and it's I suppose I'm not I'm not a religious person. Um, there's something I, I I sort of connect with on a spiritual level, but it's also there, there was a quote, and I don't know whether I get this right, but the, when you're at the end of your life, on your last days, is saying that on your last day on earth you meet the person you could have become and for me I want that person I could have become to actually be me I would hate to have come to the end of my life and see this vision of a person I could have been I really feel strongly that I really want to make that happen so that there aren't any regrets there's not a disconnect between what I could be, what I could have fulfilled and what I actually did. So I kind of feel that I have to try things and this age old saying, pushing yourself out your comfort zone to achieve things that I've not achieved yet to make sure that that, that person that I meet at the end is me and not someone different. That's lovely. I think that's really powerful. And what sort of things do you do to get out of your comfort zone? Oh, um, I spend a lot of my time using nervous energy. Um, it goes back to my very early working uh, career. Um, I read a book, it's a very old book now, and it's probably not the trendy thing for people to put on their recommended reading list, but it's called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. And I read that very, very early on in my <coughs> career. And it kind of defines what I do, which is probably why I'm always so exhausted because I'm always <laughs> feeling the fear and doing it anyway, which just uses up a hell of a lot of um, nervous energy. Um, and one of the things that I think exemplifies that over the last few years, I actually get very, very nervous public speaking, standing up in front of people. But I realised that actually I really need to, to get known um for people to get to know me a bit more my business a bit more um to feel comfortable with talking to me about property investing needs or how I might be able to help them and um so yeah just simply doing that getting out on speaking circuit presenting um has just filled me with fear and dread but um I have done it anyway the, the first time that I did it was just inside was just like volcanic molten emotions and, and, and nerves uh, but it's quite interesting that um, 
the external side of me, you know, people comment that that's not what they're seeing on the outside, which I suppose is I'm thankful for because I don't want anybody seeing what's going on the inside. I suppose, um, yeah, it's like the, the the swan gliding along the top and uh, with, your, with your feet some scrambling madly under the water. But yeah, so I still get nervous, um, but it's it's gradually gets easier the more that I, I I I do, and then I can push boundaries again and feel more discomfort. But it, I still use up a lot of nervous energy and still end up feeling exhausted. And do you think that you push yourself into out of your comfort zone because you've got a message that you want to share, as well as you know you're promoting your business, but you're also it's important for you to stand up and be this person that you're looking to be. Yeah, I I I, th- I think it is because um, you know I, I've held myself back a lot, and know that if I'd done some things a bit more uh, or a bit differently, I might be in a slightly different place with where I am personally in my business now. So I think it is important to sort of practice, you know, what I what I preach, and certainly my ethos. I, I think of myself as a whizzy week person. What you see is what you get. You know, it's it's, and I think that's what I'm trying to exemplify in my business as well. So property venture strapline is common sense investment. I, I think it's a, when I set out, as I mentioned before, I my natural inclination is build relationships with with people. I like to um, deal with with people who want to want to deal with me, um, and try and find out what it is that they're looking for, and then you know marry them up with the right property whether it's a holiday or investment property for them and for me that's that's common sense it's it's you know trying to create a win-win situation and so that's common sense for me it's common sense property buying common sense investment um just marrying things up in the right way rather than trying to force issues and 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 yes I think it is important for me to be out and about conveying that message in the property world and and for me too to be practicing what I preach in terms of um, breaking down boundaries and, and 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 pushing myself outside my comfort zone because that's what I advocate other people do as well. So you're almost forcing a, a kind of a level of assertiveness in, into yourself to sort of be this person you need to be. Yeah. Yes. I think um, very very early on because. I mean, and I, I was in a different area from a lot of um, women coming up now and 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 working um, in property or any other business. Certainly, in in the workplace that I was in when I first started out, um, it it wasn't an easy workplace for uh, women, and that was quite challenging. And one of the the, the um, courses again, it was a it was a simple one day course. I went on with the first company I was employed with which was an assertiveness course and that that was actually quite a life-changing course if one day can be uh life-changing because I think that trying to be successful in a world that can sometimes be very challenging and difficult can sometimes lead to um behavior that I, I think maybe might have been for me verging on aggressive and this one course helped me understand the subtleties between being assertive and what might be perceived as being aggressive and that's again something I've tried to embody in my work life what I do in my personal life you know being able to express feelings how 
you feel about something without coming across as being aggressive or overly um, do domineering. I think that there's a real skill in that. And it's it's something that I practice and hone on a daily basis. But I, I do think there are some very fundamental differences and it can make life an awful lot easier if you, you do know how to put something assertively rather than aggressively. And I'm still working on it now. I'm still working on it now. Oh, life work, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you, you strike me as being someone who's naturally inquisitive. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's um, that is very much at the heart of, of me. I do ask lots of questions. You know, question in my mind why things have got. You know, why things are the way they are. And uh, I suppose it's a constant quest. I love learning. Um, I get a, a you know an immense amount of satisfaction from continuously learning and I think I mentioned that my degree uh, all those years back was in in marketing and French I am a um, member of the chart well I'm a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing and a chartered marketeer and part of that to maintain chartered status is continuous professional development CPD and that fits very naturally with me because I'm always wanting to learn going on courses uh, learning something different and so I think that that's sort of my avaricious nature of, of, of learning and picking things up I, I always seeking to improve CPD sits sits very well with me because it's about continual improvement and always learning and picking up new things and of course marketing when I was at university was no digital marketing so um, I you know I learned all the principles of marketing at university but being in business and setting up my own business, I've taught myself about digital marketing and digital branding and how I use a lot of that digital marketing in my my own business, working with, you know, PR and getting press coverage um, and building social media profiles, you know, learning about search engine optimization, all of that kind of stuff is self-taught by, you know, maybe an hour or two webinars here and there. But and then gradually putting it into practice because one of the things that I like to do if I'm going to spend time you know on a webinar for an hour or two uh, my ethos is I've always got to take one thing and put it into practice or just remember it or build it into something because otherwise it's a waste of time if you spend all that time and money going on a course or a program or a workshop and you're not going to take anything from it even if something there was something I was on last night, which was really not probably the best use of my hour um, of time. But I try and find one thing, even in something that doesn't seem very valuable, that I can take out and use and build into my personal life or my business or whatever. And then I feel as though it's been time well spent. I think that's a great piece of advice because it's so easy to absorb knowledge and then carry on doing things that we the way we were doing them before and not actually shifting and, and shaking up the way we do things and applying it in a different way because obviously that takes effort and we always want to look for the, the easiest route and everything and sometimes actually applying something you've learnt and then shaking things up will make things easier going forward but not at the time. So no, great point. And, and, and we all know how making change and putting yourself in uncomfortable positions and breaking down barriers, how immensely difficult that is, and particularly trying to do it on your own, that sometimes the best way is just to, to take a small step forward and then get comfortable and then push again. So it's, it's an incremental thing. It's not something you're going to get the sea change overnight. 
It's about doing small things and then gradually building up over time, which I suspect is a, a lot of the stuff that you do as well, Amy, with, with your coaching clients. Absolutely. Um, it's been wonderful having you on today. Oh my goodness, it's been, it's so lovely to see people when they share their why and then, and they're sort of, actually you can see them going into themselves and saying oh yes I am doing the right thing I am doing this for the right reasons and it it just makes you can see the dots being connected visibly in front of you of me I can anyway I can hear it in your voice as well yeah well it's it's interesting because people say what's your why and I I'm never quite sure I've got the answer to this I know I know what it is that's that's made me make certain decisions and what drives me but because there are two or three things I, I I never quite know which is my why or maybe it's all three of them you know absolutely that's for you to decide and I think yeah. that, you know they, they they are all linked so yeah it makes perfect sense to me so well yeah it's great so again thank you so much what would you like to, to leave as a, a parting message for the audience having already given lots of wonderful top tips and and in in your story I think people will be taking quite a few things out of this I think it's having a vision of where you want to be and really breaking through barriers to make that happen you know don't let your inner voice hold you back and 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 it really is the scary thing for me um that that vision of you know meeting the person that I could have been and actually wanting desperately for that to be the person that I am or that I'm working towards I don't want there to be a disconnect and the only way of getting there because I know that there's still more I've got to do is is putting myself in uncomfortable positions to make sure that I I I get there Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.